With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey everyone, my name is Danilo Petrovic. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Donskoy. I'm Henry Laksan. I'm Peter Turepko, and you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are on a somber note, uh, unfortunately, this Saturday evening. It is one of our favourite players, one of your favourite players through the past, say, well, 10, 20 years. The last couple of decades we've been watching this guy on tour. And unfortunately, uh, the news has come out. Uh, Juan Martin Del Pocho has announced that this week it will be his last ever tournament. Very, very sad news. Obviously, he is an absolute legend of the game. One of the only players that people thought could challenge the the big three. And some of his uh, results on all surfaces has really proved that in the past. How are you feeling, JG? Yeah, sad, of course, because I remember on the last one, we were talking about the return of Del Potro back on court. And we had like a buzz of excitement around it. We've never covered him on Game to Love. We really wanted to cover some matches. And we was hoping that he could come back to some kind of form where we're not expecting him to go up straight away, win Grand Slams. But he's good enough to really play with the very best. I know you said there he was one of the few people to compete with the big three. He, for me, this is maybe a bit biased. He was a guy who was very much not just competing with them. He was toe-to-toe with them. There wasn't much between them at all. On his best day, when he's fully fit and firing, yeah. if he can crush one of them forehands, there's nobody can get it back. It doesn't matter who you are. Rafael Nadal, Djokovic, Federer. He had something what they didn't have for me, which was that sheer power, the brute yeah. force, the rockets. Um, and for that, I'm so sad because he. I've got so many great memories. I don't really know where to begin um, with them because there's so many great ones. I know Offstream was just talking about it. Uh, and apologies, guys, for, for being a little bit late. I think it all sort of starts in 2009. Um, my tennis knowledge from 2009 is not the greatest, if I'm honest. 
Um, but just looking at what he was able to do in the slam, 17-3, and three, won the US Open, beating Federer in the final, semi-final in the French that year, quarter-final in the Australian Open. This is his real time he announced himself on the, on the tour um, and then sort of been played with injuries his whole career. He had yeah. the spell in sort of end of 2013, 14. Um, yeah. He had one, I think, at the end of 2010 as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and I, that's when you thought it was going to be the end, sort of 2013, 20, I think it was 2014 sort of time. And then he made this big comeback. And we're talking a lot about comebacks recently with what Rafa's done recently at the Australian Open. The difference is this comeback was is, is another big one, maybe one we've not been talking about so much. He come back to tour in sort of 2016, 2017, but 2018, incredible. What a, what a year that was. Got to the final of another slam, just losing out. Um, on that run, I know he was just going through it. He's beaten some fantastic players en route to there. Uh, beating the Dow, of course. Yeah. Uh, only losing to Djokovic in the final. Dominic team. Yeah. Dominic team as well. Fantastic. And it's yeah. just it's just a bit of a sour note that we're not going to now be seeing him um, at all. Well, I say at all. He is going to be doing a farewell sort of tour. And this is a really good tweet what we've been left with. And with this injury, I always said I wouldn't give up. The farewell had to be on call and not in a conference. And that's exactly what he's going to be doing. Um, I believe the aim is for him to play Buenos Aires. And I think, I'm not sure what the other one is after that. Is it Rio? I think Buenos Aires and Rio, maybe. I think so. Yeah, uh, it's just very sad. I didn't really uh, like seeing the facts that obviously you see how much it affects in him. And looking through, I, I wasn't even aware really in my mind how many absent Grand Slams we'd had from him. When you see it across the board over all of the years and you just see all of these blank spaces across all of the Grand Slams just missing Juan Martin Del Poitro and then you see the ones that he did compete in he does always sort of get to a quarterfinal or a semi-final or a final or oh, indeed mate, he's serious he is yeah. the real deal there's no no one's ever questioned his ability um what he has is a special talent and another thing he has is his character and as a person and as a man he was likable by everyone I think in a time yeah. right now, tennis is quite divided. Do you not think? You've sort of got yeah. a lot of people who are fans of a specific player and there's a lot of arguments between different fans of other players and it's become a bit toxic, especially on Twitter. Del Potro was a man who united all. Because I've never met anyone who said, come up, who said to me, oh, I'm not, that, I'm not keen on Del Potro. He had an exciting <laughs> no. style of tennis. He was, all, he was very good at tennis. So Amazing. you knew you were going to be in for a real spectacular match. And then off the court, he's just an absolute legend and really nice down-to-earth guy. Um, yeah. And with the Argentine fans as well, that was another special dynamic because I remember, especially when he was representing his country, because we've not spoke about his Olympic form yet. For me, the greatest player in the Olympics, he's not won a gold medal, but he's just his best memories. Like I know he was, he was, you was wondering what my best memories of him was, was going to be. I'd have yeah. to say it's probably the Olympics. He's um, been so good at the Olympics. Yes, he has. Obviously, he did lose to Andy Murray in the uh, which one was it? It was the 2016 final, yeah, wasn't it? That's the one I stayed up till late, I believe. I think it was happening through the early hours, uh, and I was working doing some part time job. And funny enough, my manager was a big Andy Murray fan, like huge. Like he had a calendar on his desk, so he was <laughs> he come into like to work about two hours late, 
And I remember talking to him, but I was a bit embarrassed at the time because I was supporting Del Potro. Um, you didn't really know me too much then, but I'm sure you would have been supporting Murray. Me, it doesn't but surprise it, it, me. It anyone who's not British. Anyone, anyone who's against British players, you support No, it's great. With the Olympics, I'm always behind GP, but Del Potro was just... I had a connection to him. A little bit like I do with Rafa now. Del Potro was another one, um, which unfortunately I've not been able to share on the streams because we've just not covered him. He's been injured. And listen, the injury is really severe. Let's be honest. He's, yeah. he's not talking about just tennis. He's talking about his day-to-day life and activities. Through yeah. playing tennis, all it's doing is causing detriment to his life. He's unable to do normal things, which are, well, how old is he now? 37-year-old will be able to do yeah, I mean, I, I believe so. Let me just double check that just so we don't fill people's heads with uh, incorrect information. He's 33. 33, sorry. Oh, and I've just realized as well. <laughs> I just added like a lot of years. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be real retiring him <laughs> well and proper there. Do, do you know 30. why I said 37 as well? Because it's Ronaldo's birthday today and he's 37. And um, there's someone else, a basketball player who's 37 also. So that's why... I was thinking of all these legends, 37, but Del Potro is not. He's 33. I didn't even realise this either, that I actually share my birthday with Juan Martin Del Potro. So there you go. You've never known that? No, I didn't know that. I wasn't aware. I knew, well, I was aware of the sort of age bracket it was in. I didn't know that he actually, the 23rd of September, there you go, me and Juan Martin both sharing that same birthday. So uh, I'm sure. Similar players as well. Yeah, very (laughs) similar. (laughs) Similar. Yeah, I've got a dodgy uh, <laughs> knee as well. No, that's keeping me off the court. But, but I just think quickly, really... Ben, shout out to everyone in the live chat as well. We're not ignoring you guys. Thanks for everyone who is here. If you haven't already, hit the like button. We've not done a podcast for a bit. So let's read out some of the comments you guys are saying. Uh, we've got Gene saying he could have easily had three slams, some career like Murray and Stan if he wasn't injured 100%. I'd even go one more than that. I think he could have had a few more. Um, if he was playing regularly week in, week out, I mm. think he would have snatched a few off the likes of Federer, Djokovic and Nadal. And because he was the one who could, he could go toe to toe from me. He was the one who, when it was exciting every single time. It's just, uh, actually, he just had that afterburner in that form. He was just the best of the rest, man. And I remember the last time I watched him as well, because I was wondering if that question was going to come up, if he was going to ask me. And it was, the last time I was watching him was on the central line, on the underground. Um, on a gambling site when the trains were down, <laughs> I was watching a fifth set against Nishioka, and I was stranded on the on the track on the on the train because the trains weren't running, and I was just yeah. there with a bit of internet, and I was watching that fifth set. And I think when the trains started coming, he broke serve, and I was like, you know what, this is getting quite good now. And it's the first time I really watched Nishioka, so I didn't really think he was that good at the time. But he, since he's become a, a top player. Um, and yeah, Del Potro won that one. I remember the fifth set was six-two, so that was my that was the last time I watched him, which is not too long ago. I think it was twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. I don't know what your last memory of him was. I mean, probably my lasting memory. I didn't really, I don't really remember too much from the the twenty nineteen season. Yeah. To be honest, my lasting memory that always sticks in my mind is his uh, quarterfinal match with Rafa at Wimbledon. That was twenty eighteen, I believe, and. That was when he hit that forehand that was 107 miles an hour past Rafa. And Rafa just sort of just looked up like, 
I was watching that right. video today. <laughs> like, he's like, wow, uh, that was a rapid forehand. Thanks very much for that. He wasn't even too bothered either. He's like, those ones you just accept when Del Pocho hits that forehand. I've lost the point. So you can just sort of glad he wasn't in the way of it, I think, when it skipped off the surface. But, yeah, yeah so give was... a shout out to David O'Halloran as well, the new one of our new members. I'm not sure if we hey, got David. The, to give you a shout out on the last one, but thanks for joining a regular in the live streams. Uh, and he says here, despite all the injuries, it feels like he's going out on his own terms. And I love the fact that he's not having to just give up to the injury. He's always said he's going to fight this. He always said he's going to come back to the court. He's been teasing yeah. us for years now, but he is actually going to be coming back to the court. And we're going to be seeing him very, very soon. I think in a matter of two days or so, we right. will be working, but we're going to find a way to try and cover his match because ultimately we know sort of his days are numbered on the tennis court and we want to be able to, well, just suck up all of the atmosphere and all of the emotion and the occasion as much as possible before we never get to see him again, ultimately. I think it'll be a sad time on Game to Love if we never get to cover Del Potro in a match. Hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll both be cheering him on as well in that day. Luckily, he's playing an Argentinian, so we can both have Argentinian flags. That's true. Um, it's Del Bonice, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Gene's saying Del Potro is the best head-to-head against the big four too. I think we do have that on another tweet, so we'll be going through them. Um, is it convi- like a bit strange that he'll be matched up against another Dell in his first match back? Dell boys, Del that's it. Dell boys up against yeah, the Dell boys. Maybe that's what we'll call it. <laughs> the Dell boy matchup. Yeah, Dell boys. Yeah, this was one. Uh, I just go on to the next tweet. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, something to do with his mother, Patricia. Uh, said. Uh, who had never seen him play professionally on the court, will come to watch his match against Del Bonis on Tuesday evening, which is, that's amazing as well. Sad that it's, she's never been to see him play a professional match. Like, I hope he does well in this match, I tell Listen, you. I reckon a lot of that is the fact that it's the nerves of the fact she doesn't want to be there to jinx him. For sure. Uh, but it's just, it's still crazy. I thought I had to share this tweet with you when I saw it because to think... His mum's never seen him live and now <laughs> going to get the opportunity to. Won the US I'm sure she would have preferred to have seen him on better terms. I'm not sure how, in terms of a match, not that it means a lot, but how is Del Bonice going to be feeling when ultimately everyone's going to want him to lose in Argentina? He's probably not used to playing in Argentina and everyone being going against him. Maybe and even then, he will want him to lose. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is he going to be as pumped up as usual? Is he going to? He probably look at, looks at Del Poe as a bit of a legend. Yeah, the for Tower sure. of Tandel, and he's probably thinking, you know what? I don't mind if he beats me today. I might, I might give him a walkover. It's, this is the one thing I'm sure he wouldn't want any special treatment, but like, yeah, you don't know what the other players. They're probably going to be willing him on on his like farewell tour, or uh, so to speak. Would you be prepared to just take a loss against Del, uh, Del Po just to see him get to a final one more time? I Here we've got jeans in with the Del Po versus Del Po. <laughs> well, very good. I like Five that. quick on that one. And we've got Joseph in saying, guys, Del Potro says he can't sleep without pain. Sad end to what could have been a great career. Yeah, it's it's, we, we did touch on it briefly, but it's, a, it's not just uh, an injury that's preventing him from playing tennis. Yeah. It seems to be affecting his whole life. Yes. Um, so I can understand his decision. And in, he, I think he is able to play in spells, but ultimately all it's doing is prolonging the injury and making it worse. So what is the point? If Say if he yeah. was able to play for like a year 
and then afterwards going to be crippled and have to go be in a, a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Is there any point in doing that? For what? It's just, you can't, his body's saying no. And yeah. he's listening to his body like Federer did. Uh, I had to get that one in. But I don't know. It's just with Nadal and these other guys, it just makes that even more remarkable what they're able to do through their body. But then it's nothing of the extent of Del Potro. It seems so severe. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm devastated, man. I, I think it's like sort of, I don't know if you can even compare injuries really, but it just sort of reminds me a little bit of the horrid injuries that have plagued Andy Murray as well. Like they're sort of career ending injuries, these ones. They knock you out of the sport for so long that to, to be able to make a comeback is so difficult, especially the way that everybody else is progressing whilst you're off. And then you've got to come back and try and hit the ground running, so to speak, with this injury that it needs to be healing at the same time and I don't know Andy Murray's sort of tried his best and we've seen flashes of it and I know every time Del Pocho came comes back we see flashes of it again like the brilliance and he can sort of put a run together but ultimately the same thing ends up happening and we end up losing him again for another substantial period yeah. of time and I just don't want to see I don't want to see him go through the pain anymore because I think it's just I could. I would feel terrible if you saw him in like ten years' time, and he's can't even walk around anywhere yeah. or anything like that. It's awful. Well, I'm glad you brought up Andy Murray because let's not look too long ago. I believe it was after the Australian Open. Uh, was it 2018? I forget now. I lost track of time. Andy Murray came out and announced his retirement. All the players saying, "Good luck with your retirement." Oh, it's a really emotional day. We we saw that documentary come yeah. out resurfacing with Andy Murray. And he had that, well, you know what happened with him, the surgery, yep. what just changed his life, was able to go and play tennis again. Imagine if we were to see that with Del Potro. Listen, I've seen crazier things. Yep. He's definitely going to have the passion to do it and desire. It's his, he loves tennis. He breathes and he, he, he breathes, everything about his life is revolved around tennis. So he'll have that drive there. Whether his body will let him is another matter. Of course, with Andy Murray, was very fortunate. If we're able to have, maybe he has one last surgery, everything works tickety-boo, he comes back to court and he's thinking, you know what, I feel like a 24-year-old again. He goes on and wins a slam. We've seen crazier things in sport. And listen, a part of me is holding on to that. So as much as we're saying the end is now, you can never say the end in anything in no. sport. From what we've seen, I'll talk, I, listen, have you noticed how my attitude's changed from Rafael Nadal <laughs> beating Medvedev? I gave what? up in that match, but now I don't give up on anything. I've always got a lot of faith. I'm a new person. I've got a new top on today as well, my Rafael 21. And I'm just, I'm in this new energy in 2022 that anything can happen. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, but just looking at the past, Vance here with a good sort of stat. Delpo, the first player to beat the big three players back-to-back -back in a slam, the US Open 2009 You've got to say that's his actual greatest achievement. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was an incredible tournament uh, just capped off at the end. He obviously beat Juan Carlos Ferreira as well in there, another Grand Slam champion as well. So he shouldn't be... Uh, well, and, and Marin Cilic as well. You can't forget about <laughs> Marin Cilic, a fantastic player as well. They're just... I can't be like, believe like Raffery beating straight sets in that semi-final in 2009. Not many people can say they do that to Rafael Nadal. And you see what how well Rafael, Rafael Nadal did against Medvedev. And yeah. Medvedev, I'd say, 
he's not got the same power as Del Pocho, but sort of some similarities in their games with their height and their like powerful serving. Uh, the the movement on the court, I'd say, is better from Medvedev, but I don't know. There are some similarities, and you see what Ra- he did to Rafa, like just triple swanned him six two six two six two in that uh, semi. It's impressive. And then the final against Federer, obviously the big five setter, just ridiculous. I mean, that just one of the finals that will go down in history, one of the best US Open finals ever, for sure. So, yeah. Eddie might saying zero similarities, Ben. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't, think, I can't, I can't. I think that they've uh, got some similarities. I, I think understand some... what you're saying, but I wouldn't even compare the two either. I just don't, I think they've just, he's one of a kind, Del Potro. Not sure if we're going to see someone like it, but I hope so. Just for the, oh, I think it'll be I good for the so. sport. We kind of need something like it. I think that they're, uh, well, it's needed. That type of player we sort of miss in the, in the sport at the moment. Yeah. He sort of gave a different dynamic to the whole uh, big three equation. Even Andy Murray, he was sort of the big four at the time. Yeah. A big power hitter like that just upsets the apple cart. And he's just someone you want to avoid in grand slams like the plague. So yeah. you got Alex in saying Del Pog, Wawrinka and Chilich, the only three players to win slams uh, in the big four domination. And here yeah. we go. We've got another quote here. Um, I did watch the interview. He did. There was a press conference, but it was in Spanish. So I didn't understand anything, but I still recommend watching it. The reason being, you can see the emotion etched on his face. Yeah. He's yeah. Crying throughout. And he, he's ultimately saying everything which we thought he would be saying and how much he loves tennis and how he just wants to be able to end this on a court and not in a conference. He wants to do his best. And this is a quote again, saying, I feel pain even when I sleep. My life is becoming a nightmare. I just want to live as a normal 33-year-old, pain-free. Sad, man. 33 as well. It's so young. Like You can't be in a debilitating state at that age in your life. I I hope he recovers fully. So this is another one. Delpo is an infectiously, infectiously irresistible champion with a four forehand and a big heart and a, and a heart bigger than Argentina. I'm still in awe that he came back in 2016, ranked 1,045 <laughs> and with pretty much no topspin backhand for two years. He retooled and reinvented himself to reach new heights. Truly remarkable resilience. And that is like how I started the video, talking about the Rafael Nadal comeback. Yeah. Del Potro. That's another comeback maybe we're not talking about. Him coming back in 2016, 1,045 in the world and doing what he did. Special, yeah. man. No, Didn't win a slam, but come close <laughs> on a few well, occasions. Quarterfinals in 2016, semifinals of US Open 2017. So just gradually getting better. And then the final, obviously, in 2018. Just what every year getting better until... And then the semi-final in 2018 of the French and quarter-final of Wimbledon. Yeah, just an amazing year in 2018. No. Just it was almost like back to back to his best of from 2009, nearly. And he changed his game around as well, yeah, using all just... using slice on the backhand side. Wasn't able to hit the. the I remember all the commentary. There's always saying the same thing when he was coming back. Um, and I was trying to watch it from sort of an analytical viewpoint, but. I, didn't quite understand what they was meaning at the time. But the thing what was always evident with his star, what did change was the top spin backhand was non-existent. All it was is slice every single time. But yet he was competitive and he was able to compete with the very best. And I think that number one shows how good of a forehand he had because he could rely yeah. on it. And just what sort of determination 
grit and overall great tennis player he could he, he, he generally was yeah amazing i think he didn't have didn't have the worst run to be able to get to the final in 2018 obviously rafa pulling out at two after two sets against him in the semis uh and then had big john in the quarters not the worst matchup but then obviously Djokovic in the final was a yeah. terrible one if you've got to have all of your tools uh in your locker if you're well, coming look, up Van, against... Van saying here Delpo literally had no backhand because of his <laughs> wrist injury yeah and still managed to beat so many players no, no, he made amazing. the US Open final in 18 he's just special yeah. man yeah you need more than that unfortunately against Novak yeah. sadly yeah next one anyway move on these are just some more quotes from him. Uh, I think this is Tennis TV talking about it. If you just go on the image, we might be able to see the quote. Um, and it will be more of a farewell than a return. The knee continues to make me live a nightmare. And the next one was... That's horrible, man. Uh, I don't know what will happen in the future, but I have to make a choice that allows me to live without pain. And this is the quote that made me think. He's never... Listen, He he will... I guarantee you, come back to play in tennis if he's able to. That's all I'm going to say. So if he is able to have some kind of surgery or something changes in his life or technology advances where yeah. they're able to do some kind of procedure, as you know with technology, I know you're always telling me, yeah. some, for some of the podcasts you're watching, if something was to happen, then you never know. You can never write it off because I think the, mo the most important thing is someone's heart and desire and yeah. he definitely would want to play. I can guarantee you that he wants to be out there and that's why he's doing what he's doing because it's probably not sensible for him to be playing tennis in the condition he's in. But yeah, he wants to do it. He wants his mum to watch him live and he wants to do it for the Argentinian people and not just the Argentinians, for people like me and you, tennis fans across the globe who want to see him and I can't wait for it. I want to, yeah, even if it's just the last time, we got to see him one more time on that call. And hopefully and just... it's not 9am, but I'm pretty sure, I know you <laughs> were saying it, but it's going to be the last match on. Let us know in the live chat what you think. I'm pretty sure Argentina or Buenos Aires will schedule it for the, the one of the evening matches. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, come on, like get the bit of the crowd will be absolutely oh, it'll be, it'll banging. It'll be a crazy atmosphere. I bet Del Bonis is going to be cheering him on. Should we get a flight out there? I think <laughs> Del Bonis is going to let him win. <laughs> I think so as well. I got a weird feeling. I, I wonder how the bookies uh, put it. How would you How would you call mm. this one? Do you have Del Potro as a favourite? I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough one to say. You, you wouldn't think that it would be a favourite, would you? Does people think Del Potro is going to win? Because I'm just fascinated. Not that it means a lot, but I guess it would be nice for him to win. He is haven't got any odds up yet on it. I don't think. Yeah, I couldn't. No. I don't know how. I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know how they're gonna price it up. I'm fascinated. Nah, gonna, I think they'll yeah. have him as favourite, but yeah, I'd take a punt on him if he's not for sure. <laughs> yeah, but why would not? you? Yeah, why not? If he's not favourite, I'd go on. This is last. Might be his last match. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway. So we've got here. Delpo says he he yeah. didn't want to retire on a press conference, but only was on a tennis court seen that one so forever a legend of the game and in our hearts Juan Martin Del Potro and this is obviously some emotional uh of 2009 when he won the US Open yeah um it's a great clip I don't think we can show much more of it though because we're going to get pulled no. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one tenistas con mas victoras oficiales ante todo el big three so nice. this is the men's singles tennis players with the most victories official against the big three I know Gene was talking about it, but let's have a little look. And I love this graphic with the flags. 
Yeah. It helps simple minds like me uh, <laughs> picture it without having all the names and complication. And Murray there right at the top with yep. 29 no shot, victories so. against the big three. I mean, it did kind of surprise me. I didn't think it was that high. So fair play to Murray. Of course, you've watched a lot more than him, of him than me. Yeah. Beaten, well, he's beat uh, only Rafa seven times. 11, he's beaten Federer and Djokovic. I didn't know that was the same either. So he learned something every day. Del Potro, he did well against Federer. Beat him seven times. Lost to Nadal six times. Beat um, Djokovic four and there's some other names there. Songor, he's coming back. Yeah. Team's coming back. Uh, Burditch, someone we've, we've interviewed. And Hewitt, he's not coming back. But legend. <laughs> I wouldn't think he'd be coming back. He's just there. But in isn't the it crazy? Stan Wawrinka, we're seeing him coming back now. Songor's making a bit of a comeback. Del Pontro's really. back. On They're all coming back. What do you mean, Ben? Songor, I don't think Songor's coming back. Songor's coming back. Have you not seen him playing? Yeah, he lost. Yeah, but he's... Listen, it's going to take a while. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's going to be Jeez. likely Del Potro loses, if I'm honest. Ah. Oh, no, but if I'm being the time, like, listen, it happens. Songa lost the other day as well, but he's won a few, so I don't know. Well, I saw some other uh, interesting one. It was similar to this that was uh, out. Uh, I can't remember. It was like yesterday or something. I think someone posted it. it was was uh, Grand Slams if the big three weren't around. And then they listed all of these. I think they were similar to these people. So it would be if none of these were in the draw at all, then where how many slams they would all have. And I think Murray had 17 slams. <laughs> if none nah, of them were around. He wouldn't have, man. Del Potro would have taken a lot of them. Yeah, well, they said Del Potro because he's missed so many. I don't think it would have been. It wouldn't have been even close though. That's so I'm saying he's not even played enough. I know if he'd have played, played all half, the slams, nowhere near enough compared to these guys. Yeah, I know that's the thing. But it was just interesting. To he's see got to have the least amount of matches in slams compared to these lot. Yeah, I'd like to see Better his slam team. record actually. Just like I how many. Right, so his nice. slam record is 97 wins, 36 losses. Pretty good. Yeah. It is amazing. 73%. All right. He's won. That's pretty decent. Right. Matthew Willis in saying, despite much of his career being snatched away from him by bad luck and injuries, I'll always remember Delpo's peaks. And man, they were in effing clouds. <laughs> and no matter who he was playing, tennis gets poorer when he leaves the court this week. Yeah, yeah this tweet does. hit hard because I agree. They were definitely. in the clouds and... I don't know. I just I don't see anyone replacing him like in terms of a young gun. Um, but hopefully, one time when we're doing the podcast, there's going to be some player come through. You never know; it might be a British guy, like a British Del Potro. That'd be nice. <laughs> but there's got to be there's got to be someone. But I, I think it's tough. He's an icon. Sometimes you only get this a legend like this come around every now and then. Closest we had to it on the pod was Robin Harser. He hit off a forehand faster than Del Potro whilst playing. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's a decent shot, that. Oh, what's this one? Oh, I've zoomed in a bit too much. So right, this, this is, is... Um, I like this account. Recommend following it if you're not already. Uh, Delpo here. So September 2009 wins the US Open. February 2011, ranked 485 in the world. February 2012, re-enters the top 10. February 2016, <laughs> ranked 1,045. 2016 wins Olympic silver medal in an epic match. That's a really that's probably my favourite match to watch. Uh, March 2018 wins a Masters title. Uh, what's that? Indian Wells, I think. 
Uh, August 2018 reaches number three in the world. That's his career high. So he got his career high yeah. when he come back. That's something to consider, <laughs> by the way, because I was always under the illusion that he was his career high in 2009, but it wasn't the case. He got it in 2018 and then reached the US Open final. Uh, June 2019, out with an injury again. And then 2022 to the present day. We've not seen much of him recently, have we? Uh, retirement mm. at Buenos Aires. Not really even heard the name, have we uh, uttered for quite some time? Only a few people, when we get into discussions about big three debates and all goat debates and all that, his name always comes up in the background as somebody who could have done so much more, unfortunately. Yeah, the good one as well. We forgot off there. Well, we didn't forget it, but it wasn't on the tweet. Davis Cup. Davis Cup 2017. There's a space for that as well. Yeah. Why is that not on there? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it should have been. Oh, 2016 2016 well it says 20 uh, is it 20 yeah 2016 yeah you're right 2016 2017 yeah he was um he was absent i believe and then he was back in again and into the semi-finals of the u.s open later in the year nice. right next one. Oh, that was just from his uh press conference yeah, this is yeah. what I wanted to clarify. So he's going to play Buenos Aires and Rio, but is this yeah. 100% certain? I guess we're going to have to wait and see how Buenos Aires goes. Yeah. Um, I'm not chancing it, Ben. I'm telling you now. I'm not going to say, oh, let's just do the Rio one. I'm doing the Buenos Aires one. The first one he does, we have to cover. So put it in your diaries, guys. Mm. If you want to watch the Del Potro match with us, we will be covering it, whatever time. So make sure, if you're not already, subscribe to the channel, like this video, and hit the bell to be alerted when we go live. Uh, let's do the last one. Then we talk about some other tennis. Some news we have just some round up to do. Scheduled for three a.m. Is that all right? I'm there. <laughs> what is there for Del Potro ahead of Rafa? This is mad. Well, mate, it's, I was not feeling too well. Yeah, and I think we've done that one. So let's move on to the next bit. So let's talk about the other tennis. So we do have some other events going on. Oh, wow, he's just come back from two love down in the second set to go three two up now to be. Yeah. Like. And I think this one man where we've got to start, let's st- stick to Argentina, Cordoba. Um, I don't know if you've got your semi-finalist who you picked, Ben. So you can ca- have it on here, but then we just have, or I can bring it up on my phone. Just Do you want to talk about Tabillo? Because he's yeah, just been outstanding. Been ridiculous, isn't he? I don't know where it's suddenly, I'll bring up his route and then we can just have a look through. Just so, as you can see there, last time he lost was against Alcaraz in the uh, Australian Open. Since then, Cordoba, he's qualified, straight sets. Olivo and Tirante knocked out Francisco Serendolo in straight sets really easily. I'm not sure how that happened. And then Carlos Taberna in straight sets, two really good players. And now he's just a, he's a head, or not Baez as well, straight sets, sorry. Missed yeah, that one. dominant. Listen, we've got to talk about Tabillo. He's 24 years old, just over 100 in the rankings. Yeah, he's someone who I've watched on and off. Ben will tell you for the last two years. He can play on hard courts as well. He's yeah. a very tall guy, lanky, lanky frame, and um, I'm surprised he's so low ranked, if I'm honest. But he's not been playing great of late. Inconsistent. He's had a few. Yeah, he was a bit suspect like the last sort of two years ago. But for some reason, it's all sort of clicking these last six months, and he's he's hitting new highs, new highs, new highs. He's going to be a top fifty player soon. I'm telling you all now, Tabillo, brilliant on the clay, good on all the other surfaces as well. 
And right now, looks like he's beating Diego Schwartzman, knocking him out of the Schwartzman Open. Uh, just on our brackets, Ben. So my semi-finals for this event was Schwartzman, Garin, Sanego, Dominic Team. So it was the most boring you could possibly get looking at it. Yeah. The actual semi-finals were Schwartzman, Tabillo, Ramos, Vinolas and Londero. Um, I believe you called Ramos. So where, yeah. well done to you. You smashed that one up. Londero, though. I didn't expect him to be there. I'm not that shocked. I'm not that shocked. Londero, he's someone, I believe, he got to the final here not too long ago. Yeah, he's good. Um, very good then. I didn't expect him to be there now. And his but... route's not been the toughest either. He beat Milijevic in the previous round. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, so I thought I just wanted to shout out to be like 144 now. He's going to be a top player. I'm telling you now because he's that good and he's only 24. Uh, but that's, that's Cordoba. Let's move over to the other ones. Uh, I think in terms of the bracket as well, I can just let you know who's leading that bracket. So in our league, we have Fel Nadhaz winning that one currently, and I'm beating Ben on Cordoba. I, yeah. I think, no, no, sorry, you're beating me on Cordoba. I think you're beating me on the, both the others though, so you're all right. Yeah, so Ben's beating me on Cordoba, and on the other two, I'm beating him. Where do you want to go next? So we go to no, Montpellier. Montpellier. Yeah. So in Montpellier, the Open Sud de France, this one I'm not doing so well in my bracket. Uh, we've got Selinetta. Shout out to Selinetta if you're listening. You are top of our bracket. And my semi-finalists were, I think I got away with this one because I picked Zverev. Yeah, I did. I had, yeah. so I picked Zverev, uh, Gal Monfils, Basiasvili and Agut. Again, I went pretty much favourites. I need to learn these things and it's a good lesson for me. I'm always doing the same mistakes. I probably should have taken more of a risk. The Weimar brothers have been fantastic. We'll go to Pune and see the other brother doing great, Elias. Yeah. But Mikel Weimar in this one, it seems like the week to you can't really forget it for the for the Weimar brothers. They're sort of smashing it out of the park. Krainovic as well, having a good event. And Bublik, someone we've yeah, kind of written off. Boob, the boob's back, isn't he? Look, he's gone to the finals now. Zverev versus Bublik. If oh, anything. and Londero did win the tournament, not final. Apologies. Okay. Cheers, Gene. Cheers, Gene. Yeah, Bublik Zverev final. That's a battle of the servers. Um, Who's going to win it? It looks like Zverev's been pretty comfortable the whole week, to be honest. It's not even been, he's not even got our first gear. So I'd be interested to see if Bublik can take him to at least a tie break or something and give him a test. But I expect Zverev to probably get that done. Do you remember what your semi-finalists were? I know you had Galmon Feast because I think you had him winning the whole thing. Yeah, I don't remember now. I think I just had Monfils, maybe was it Zverev? I don't know. No. I can't you remember. I can't remember what it was now. Do you want me to find it for you? If you can. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think the bottom, I don't think I had either of the, any of the, I might have had Krajinovic in there. I'm potentially. trying to give you a shout out here, Ben. I know. I don't, th- I don't think I did that great on this one though. Because as soon so as I saw... So this is what you had. So you had... Bastias Villier, Gut, Monfils. Oh, you had the same as me. You had the exact same semis as me. The difference is you had, I think, Monfils. Monfils beating him. So it's a pretty similar bracket to mine. If Zverev is to win, then I'll beat you on the bracket. So let's hope that can happen. It's going to happen, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, Monfils... It seems like I can't see Zverev losing it. But one funny thing was Zverev, he did get hit by the ball today as he was sitting down. Um, I know Sam's talking about it. I did see the video. It was quite funny. That's fair of getting hit with a tennis ball. Made my day. That video was on replay. <laughs> yeah, he did flinch how did quite he get a bit. Hit? How did he get hit by it? It was just, I don't know. 
I'm not sure what was happening, but he was just sitting down and a ball just sort of flew onto the shot and hit him on the head. I'll <laughs> we'll have to see that. I haven't seen I'll that. I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, send me that. So uh, in and... India, Pune, Rusavori, someone we both had going Go to the final. He's flying Bruce. at the moment. Uh, and Jao Souza. I know yeah. Morgado's been bigging him up. It's been, I think it was his first semi-final since 2018. Um, Madness, someone who's yeah. had quite a few semi-finals on the main draw. And he's into the final. So that's what I was saying with the... I'm not sure how to say why, but maybe I'm saying it wrong. Ema, I think. Ema. Yeah, I think um, so. Elias Ema. He's had a great event. Listen, they've both done well, so you can't be too harsh on them. But no. just two names to always consider. Two young Swedish players. But Jao Souza into the final against Dusavori. Dusavori will be the favourite for me. Yeah. I kind of regret not picking him, winning it. We <sighs> both know. had... Uh, Rune, no, Rusavori, Karatsev final. Mm, yeah, this guy. Yeah, and we both bottled it. We both went Karatsev. In theory, we saw, we, we had some indications. Manorino at the Australian Open, he hit so many unforced errors. I know. Why are we getting so carried away? Rusavori has been pretty consistent. He played a great match in um, Adelaide. Was it Adelaide or Melbourne against Rafa? Rafa Melbourne, yeah, yeah, against yeah. Rafa. Yeah, it was amazing. I thought that was why I was I don't know, of... I think we missed a trick. I was arming an R in between it in my final, and I just thought I can't, I can't go against Aslan. I should have done. Rusevori, another one of the favourites. How has he become a lesser favourite? Rusevori, we always used to pick on every bracket. Now we're sort of second guessing ourselves on him. Rusevori is going back in the uh, good books again after this week. And... Well, I'm changing my whole philosophy, and when I say that, it's going to be tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to be doing more brackets. Delpa. Before... <laughs> When's the whole thing? Well, <laughs> before we get too carried away with that, uh, Lodi is the guy leading. Or girl, I'm not sure who it is. Lodi is leading ATP Pune currently. So shout out to you on the Bracket League. But let's just talk about these upcoming events. We do have one women's one, but we're not talking about. We've seen qualifiers today. St. Petersburg Ladies Trophy. Seems to be a lot earlier in the year. I remember that one last year. It seems to be later, unless it's another one in St. Petersburg. And then we've got the Argentina Open. We've got the Dallas Open. And then we've got the uh, AMB uh, Amro World Tennis Tournament as well. The big one. The one where it was all stacked last year, if you don't, re- if you remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, in, Do you remember? Is this just... Uh, it's Women's. one Rublev one last year. Oh, the Rotterdam one. This one, this one. I was just Rotterdam. going through the through yeah, the uh, qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, the the spot. It's AMB Amro World Tennis Tournament. Do you remember it's called? Yeah, that? yeah. I remember the logo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember it when you see it. But that's Rotterdam. Last year it was like a Grand Slam. There was everyone in it. Do you remember like all the top players? Absolutely. Bass was in it. I remember it. Medvedev Murray was in it as but well. But the re- guess who won? Um, Rublev. Rublev went all the way and won and I, he was in the same section as Martin Fuksovic he's avo- he can't avoid him he's back there again <laughs> so it's a funny Martin, one Martin's yeah. going to hate that uh, that's a, that was a classic how many times did they play each other those, those two Martin was just absolutely fuming every time he came up against uh, Rublev but yeah as you can see the qualifiers are being played at the moment we got a uh, couple of people that we like on the podcast uh, uh jesper de jong went out to yuri lehechka that's a really uh good win for lehechka i'll be keeping my eye closely on him going through this tournament hopefully he gets into the real tournament proper and laxanen knocking out damage Jummer for you there mate good. doing a little favor for you get him out get him. <laughs> 
So no, you got some of the women's there over in that St. Petersburg. Yeah, it's just quite, I'm not going to go through them. It's early qualifiers. But they're the events we're going to be covering tomorrow. We'll be doing some draw previews very soon, so make sure to join us. This one was just a, a good podcast, talking, sort of summarising our thoughts on Del Potro, the bracket winners, and currently, well, JG's doing it again. I'm smashing Ben up on the brackets. 2022, new year, same results. Ben's still struggling to get off the mark. However, this Argentinian one's looking promising, especially with Schwartzman losing right now. We'd have to hope that it was maybe the clay court swing will go in my favour. You can have the hard courts and maybe I, I did, can take... You did better on me on that last year as well, but... It's a bit weird. I don't know what's yeah. going on. <laughs> it seems strange. Yeah. You go with more of your heart too much on the clay, I think. That's probably where I capitalise. Yeah, most likely. But let's wrap it up. Thanks for watching, guys. If you haven't already, hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new. We'll be covering Juan Martin Del Potro's first match back. And then he's going to be sadly retiring... Hopefully he goes all the way because I'll be supporting him. Come on. Uh, thanks, guys, and see you very soon. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.